your Locked On Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Locked On Avalanche Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, Chris Maselli. With me, as always, Mr. Shaggy Von Doom, Kyle Sullivan. Uh, joining us, what, I want to say via satellite or <laughs> or, or on the road. Uh, uh, in a remote location <laughs> via satellite. <laughs> a remote location, which we will not disclose. Uh, but yeah, he's here. And, and a little bit later than normal, kind of some like fluky things going on, which prevented us from recording last night. Uh, but we're better, better late than never, I guess, especially talking about this game because mm. wow, that, that was incredible. Uh, but before we get into that avalanche Panthers game, first things first, follow the show on social media outlets, LOP and underscore avalanche on Twitter, locked on avalanche on Instagram, uh, questions, comments, concerns, opinions, go to locked on avalanche at gmail.com and follow the show's YouTube channel over on YouTube. And thank you for making this your first listen of the day. As always, it is greatly appreciated. So, yeah, I, I know uh, on my end, your video is frozen. I don't know if that's there you go. You just popped out of it. I oh. like, yeah, we're, we're in. We're we're kind of like doing this on the fly. And, and if the video aspect of things is not the best for today, apologies. But uh, we'll, we'll be yeah. back to normal in a, a day or so. But yeah, uh, if you're listening on the audio end, you should have no issues. All right, man. Uh, what a game between the oh. Avs and the Panthers. I was looking forward to this, not only because it, it, it was the, you know, the Avs chance at redemption from the first time that they played him, which was very early in the season in Florida, Florida started hot. They've remained hot and our power rankings on uh, locked on they're, they're number one. They have been for a few weeks. They're, oh, they've always been number one, number two after the first week when the lightning and the avalanche were number one and number two, since that's gone away, Panthers have been up there and it's, it's no shock. They're, they're a very, very good team. You saw it last night. So I was looking forward to that, that they got to re did a reboot. You know, now it's a little bit later in the season and they showed up. Uh, both teams did. This was a knockout and I, you know, no pun intended there. We'll get to the Jacob McDonough thing, <clears throat> but um, th- this was a classic, just NHL, speed, you know, uh, hits all over the place. Goaltending was phenomenal. Uh, thoughts on the game overall? It was a incredible game, especially with where both teams are right now in the rankings, how they score. I mean, these are your number one, number two teams when it comes to scoring. Um, both goalies that are kind of like between Kemper and Bobrovsky, like you don't know what you're getting on any given night. And EJ's a good backup goalie, apparently. Um, <laughs> but and injuries plague both teams. So, and it's all of this wrapped up in like everybody likes to point back to this is a rematch of the Stanley Cup. Like hmm. these two teams have history. So it was an incredible game from beginning to end. And we talk about it all the time measuring stick games. This was a measuring stick game for the Avalanche. And they not only won the game but they had the lead gave it up and found a way to win and it's all those things the avalanche proved in this game that we have been kind of worried about all year they proved it in a commanding way yeah and i I said on twitter like this is 
a, a statement win in the fact that, yeah, the team you've been beating up on some lesser teams. You know what I mean? You're scoring five, six, seven goals in those teams. Good. That's what you should be doing. And even the te- when you we were looking forward to <clears throat> their game against the New York Rangers because that was their their biggest test since the failed test mm-hmm. uh, against Toronto. And what happened? Like the the Rangers have an injury to Igor Shosturkin. They played a back to back. So Georgiev played the first game, and you you got a rookie goalie going in his first game ever. Okay, so there's a little people are still maybe like have their arms folded like well you know yeah you 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 did score seven on them but it was against that type of goalie okay fine so you still haven't had that game like this and you know if if and i'm not hearing this but panthers fans want to say like oh you know uh barkov or not Bar- yeah barkov wasn't mm-hmm. <clears throat> right he wasn't in nope. so okay well you didn't have him we didn't have kadri and landeskog exactly that's big. So it's kind of equal. It was really an, an equal game and an evenly fought game from what was on the ice, what wasn't on the ice because of injuries. And yeah, like the way that it went down, the abs, that that first goal, which, by the way, all goals scored by Burakovsky, first ever hat trick. Good for him. <clears throat> but the first goal, you were like, man, like that you needed that. Yeah, because <laughs> if it went the other way, if it was Florida, and you just, you know, the abs were, were now playing catch up again. Who knows how this would have went? Mm-hmm. Uh, but you got you got the first one, you got the second one, and now you're feeling pretty good because Kemper's playing very well. But this is this is what you're gonna get when you have two good teams on. It's not over yet. The Panthers pulled even. And it's not like it's not I had a different reaction to that than if it was like if they were playing like the the coyotes. Like mm-hmm. if you give up a two goal lead against the Coyotes, you're like, how, why are you doing that? Yeah. But when you're playing a good team, they will fight back, and they did. And it was that scoreless first period. You are kind of like on pins and needles when it comes yeah. to that first intermission. You don't know what you're going to expect, how they're going to come out. And when you when we went up one nothing, you started to feel a little bit better. And then two nothing, you felt incredible. Yeah. And then you're telling yourself, like, I know it's Bob and goal and he's not their greatest. But then you go back to like a season as fan. You're like, can we hold on to this? Yes. And then the avalanche allow them to tie it up and then it gets physical. And then it's two things the avalanche are not known for all year is that physical type of game and holding on and keeping a lead. And mm-hmm. the way they responded from everyone, from like Sam Gerard, like like following through on their checks and like being physical in a smart way, yeah. And then with Berkey um, hitting that game winning goal for that hat trick, his first career hat trick, where scoring has been earlier in the year, it's been an issue for him. He's now starting to get hot. You're getting contribute. Um, contributions from Burakovsky now so this is like another positive thing and like everything you saw in this game and how they ended it and Miko coming to start another fight this team's fired up and they believe in what they're doing and uh, I think I read somewhere that McKinnon was was doing like one-timers on opening skate with Burakovsky Mm. so kind of like uh, I think doing one of those things they did again like shoot the puck yeah, because this is, you know, we talk about it a lot. He is so streaky. Mm-hmm. And right now we have 
obviously Burakovsky, who is on, on a hot streak right now. Yep. It's going to end at some point, but how long uh, does it end for? You, you can't have these Burakovsky goes missing for weeks at a time because look at what he can do. He is he's such a good goal scorer, but uh, it just it ebbs and flows with him for some reason. <clears throat> when Maltsev took that penalty, which mm-hmm. led to Florida's first goal, you j- even when he took the penalty, I was like, this could be where the game changes because that's, again, going back to Florida being a good team, that's what they do. They take advantage of opportunities. They needed to have that one. And, yeah, Maltsev kind of, you know, uh, I think it was – uh, Mosier, uh, who said, like, you know, this is going to be the longest two minutes of his life because it's yeah. not a penalty you want to take right there. You don't want to do that. And it was a penalty. Uh, but you can't do that at that point in time. And what did they do? They, I think that's one that Thornton scored on. Yeah. Um, and then they get another one. Uh, but I, I overall, uh, you, you have to be happy about everything that went on in this game from an avalanche standpoint because, like you said, I mean, how many times have we seen where at the end the Avs give up? Uh, the third periods have been kind of like their demise lately, and then and th- and then they give Miko Rantanen gets that penalty, which he can't do that either. I mean, and that yeah. was a penalty; that was a cross check, and now they're up six uh, four mm-hmm. uh, after pulling the goalie. And I mean, you're thinking like this has got this is going to have to be the best minute and a half of of their season. And they gave him opportunities, but Eric Johnson on the doorstep, just right place, right time. That puck was going in because a Kemper was out pretty far. That puck was heading in and, and he not only, you know, he didn't, he cleared it into Kemper's legs. Yeah. So it wasn't like he just tried to whack it out. He put it back into Kemper's legs to, to ice the puck, but man, Johnny on the spot with that play right there. And what you're, it kind of couples with what you're talking about with Nate and Berkey, like taking like that extra practice and working on one timers, like solo together. This team's, we, another point we've talked about all year is cohesion and starting to believe in themselves. Hmm. You saw that in that killing off that last power play at the end of the game when those juicy rebounds would bounce off Kemper, you'd see Gerard and EJ collapse on Kemper. Like, yeah, everybody was like, they sold out for that win. Like it was yeah. not when they got beat or there was something there, they didn't panic and freak out. They all gave up their, like EJ took a great block off a of skate. Yeah. Like it's giving their self up for that win. Those are those little things that you can't track on a store, a score sheet, but it speaks volumes to where this team is at. Contrary to the first time we played for. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's hear uh, from DirecTV stream, and then uh, we'll continue because there's <clears throat> we'll definitely get to the the Jacob McDonald hit, mm-hmm. and then uh, I noticed something different <clears throat> about a specific player, so we'll kind of talk about that. But first, DirecTV stream. Does this sound familiar? You got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that you stream. Excuse me, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, and you're watching the sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for all the other good stuff. I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment that you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. 
And the best part is there is no annual contract. So get your letter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. Once again, that is directtv.com to leave the stream. Compatible devices required and content varies by package. So the Avalanche, they, they yeah, we're, I mean, they they didn't have Kadri. They didn't have Landeskog. But listen to the time on ice for a couple other guys. Curtis McDermott played his usual three minutes and 24 seconds. Uh, Jacob McDonald only played three minutes and 25 seconds until he got hit and he was out. And then you had Maltsev only play six minutes and 44 seconds. So that's basically you're down three other guys yeah. <laughs> that you're not playing that much and down Kadri and down Landeskog. And you still played that well. <clears throat> So just, I mean, you kind of have to really feel good about it when you get those two guys back. Um, go ahead. No, and that and hearing those minutes right there, it speaks a lot to that narrative that is often thrown around when the injury conversation comes up, where it's like the easy thing that everybody's like, well, we got to do something about that strength and conditioning coach. Never met this strength and conditioning coach. And I don't <laughs> know why he's responsible for all the injuries, but like we are at a point now that, we have three players taking less than five minutes of ice time. Mm. Those, those minutes have to be made up by somebody. And you couldn't tell uh. that this was a tired and overworked and double shifted team in that penalty kill at the end of the game. Like they were still yeah. pushing with everything they had. So that speaks volumes to this team's condition. Yeah. Conditioning um, as well. Uh, well, Sam Girard did just shy of 24 minutes. Kale McCarr did just over 24 minutes and Devon Taves did over 29 minutes. Wow. There, there's where it's spread out on the defensive. End, anyway, on the forward side it's pretty, pretty even the Nathan McKinnon had 21 minutes and that was the most nobody else had. You know, it was just shy of 20, um, but everybody else was in the mid teens. So it was kind of spread around um, on the forward end, but I wanted to talk about Nathan McKinnon because I saw a different Nathan McKinnon last night. He was like, he was dish. There were so many opportunities where he would take a shot, that shot under normal circumstances. And he would give the extra pass. He's still his fast self, but he seemed more controlled yesterday. He wasn't flying through the zone and then someone just gets a stick on the puck and then it gets poked away. He was calculated yesterday. And that's kind of what I've been wanting to see from him. Like you, you don't have to be speed demon to show off your speed to get around these guys. It hasn't been working. So he was, did you notice it at all? Because I did that. He was more <clears throat> in tune with where his players were. Not that he's not ever like that, but man, like it was not the typical Nathan McKinnon. I'm just going to be a bull in a China shop and just go full bore 200 feet. Yeah, I, I was noticing that as well. And what it reminded me of was last year when Gabe, I think he either sprained his foot or broke it. And it was about the same time he had his second child and he was out for a couple of days. And like Nathan McKinnon, like you could see the visible shift in his leadership and his style of play during that time. And it was evident last night, like he ascended to that role. Like he's always like the kind of like the, the co captain like yeah sure and this is like he 
he knows he's going to make up for Landis Gog's lack. He's not there, so he can't be the, the vocal leader that he always is. So he shifted his game in ways that he's been toying with earlier. Like, you don't see the goal production, but you can see him facilitating. And to, like in that Florida game, you saw him facilitating and <clears throat> making smart plays and being very unselfish, which is a new Nathan McKinnon thing. And I'm all for it. Yeah, there were times where he he would get ahead of steam, and then I think in the past he he would just continue that. Yeah, I, I'm already you know full throttle. I'm just gonna go until they stop me. And there were times where he would he he'd get on that that horse, and then I think read the defense and be like, all right, this is where they are. Let me do something, and he would pull up. Yeah, and I'm fine with that because you have you have more options to facilitate. You have your other players kind of coming through the back end and it was it was nice to see because there were opportunities there but maybe to the detriment because there there was one where he was right in the slot yeah. and he passed it which he never does so i don't know what's going on if there's conversations behind the scene go, going on with with him and bednar <clears throat> or this is just something that he's doing on his own but that specifically i wish i think it was to to jost or comper or Comfer. I, I can't remember which one it was. Or may, I might be wrong on all that. But And he was right. He was two feet away from him to his left. And he's in the slot and he passed it to him. Yeah. That was like, man, this is a different Nathan McKinnon right now. But that's not to say that he didn't get his shots on net because he absolutely did. Um, but I just thought it was a more like composed, calm, cool, collected and, and like all encompassing Nathan McKinnon last night rather than just a one track <clears throat> mind of I'm going to go, go, go. And you know, I honestly, I I noticed this in the Flyers game last week. I he's, I mean, it's Nathan McKinnon. You know, he's going to draw the the attention yep. of a defense. So I feel like he's shifting this mentality because it's almost like in football, if a wide receiver you know is going to end up getting a lot of points, they double team, yep. and then you get them with the tight end or your second receiver. You do your check down. And I feel like Nathan McKinnon's kind of adopted that mindset. Like, I'm getting the attention when it comes to the defense. Like, everybody's going to be pulling and they're going to be on me. So if there's somebody skating towards me and I'm getting double teamed, somebody's open. So yeah. he's got that facilitating mindset. And, yeah, it's to a detriment, but he knows in the long run over the course of a game that he's opening up more scoring opportunities than he can by himself. Right. Yeah, I uh, it, it was it was nice to see, um, and that's not like you said. That's not to say he's ever going to slow down because no. he still was doing that. If he saw an opportunity, he was going to take it. But I, I, it was noticeable to me. I don't know, so yeah. I'm glad it was to you too. Um, all right, let's hear from Bill Bar and Bet Online, and then we will discuss the Jacob McDonald hit. So, Bill Bar, this holiday season, grab the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, or even better than a candy bar. It's Bill Bar. Filled with so much holiday goodness, rich with decadent flavor, covered in chocolate, but amazingly low in calories, sugar, net carbs, and fat, yet high in protein. You get the best, both worlds, delicious and healthy. Built Bar gives you that extra fuel that you need to bust down those mall doors and battle the holiday shoppers, or if you're standing in endless shopping lines. Built Bar can give you that extra something to keep you going, so throw in your jacket or purse, you never know when you're going to need it. And you can go to BuiltBar.com right now. Use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off of your order. Once again, that promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. 
Also, betonline.ag has you covered for all these season's bets with prop bets, odds, and more lines than ever before as the football season continues to march towards the playoffs. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to our new updated desktop and mobile websites and sign up today to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code locked on to receive the bonus from basketball, football, the NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. And it's where the game starts. That's betonline.ag. So another hit uh, to an Avalanche player, this one on uh, Jacob McDonald. And this was a scary one because you could see that he was out cold before he even hit the ice. Uh, it had to be stretchered off. All reports are that he is moving around, moving all of his limbs. Um, and I think long, long run is going to be OK. Uh, but, you know, here we are again with uh, another hit that by the letter of the NHL rules was a clean hit. And and I, I, I fall under that camp. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it was. I mean, he didn't leave his feet. He didn't hit his head. He went through his body. But this is the this is the question that is going to be asked of the NHL. Like, do those hits need to even be in the game because of safety reasons? And, and you don't want to see guys getting stretchered off. So your take on the hit and then your take on what can the NHL do about this? The hit, it got me thinking because it was it was almost as bad as Nathan McKinnon's, except there was no like follow through embellishment uh, like mm. Truba did. But I'm wondering if this is a byproduct because earlier in the year we were talking about puck control and how bad the passes looked. And I wonder if this new head down mentality is on that focus of keeping the puck controlled and it puts them in very compromising positions for when these hits come in. Right. Um, Cause I was after that hit, that's what I focused on watching. And you could see a lot of that. Like they're very focused on getting clean control of the puck and making clean passes, which takes their eyes away from where they should be. Right. <laughs> it was a, it was a clean hit. It's one of those that, honestly, if you run it through a simulation 99 out of 100 times, I don't know if that's the same reaction that you get out of it. Mm. But it was just, I, I I, hope we get to see McDonald come back quickly from this and everything's all right. But it was scary, yes. How the NHL can control that from here, it's just, it's difficult. Because then if you if you have in the players' minds to check up or hold up, like... Does that alter the game in any way? Does that like, does, do we end up penalizing defenders and how they play because they're having to check up on these hits? So they're not getting penalized or scrutinized. And then it alters how we perceive them, like their hustle, their effort. Does it hurt them in the long run when a contract comes up? Because we point these moments out when they're just trying to not get suspended. So it's a, it's a weird balance. And there's a lot of, a lot of weird things that you have to correct here because you don't want to turn into the NFL where like you can't hit a quarterback at all and it alters yeah. the game severely. Like you don't want that approaching in the NHL. That's a good point because look what it's doing in the NFL. Like, you know, quarterbacks are, are can just do what they know that they can do, pick defenses apart 
Um, and if they get touched, it's going to be a penalty. So that does affect the game. Defenders don't want to take that penalty. Um, they'll pull up maybe. Um, and yeah, what do you do? What do you like? How, how do you tell a guy uh, you, you have to do one of two things or one of three things. One, one is, which is nothing. Just keep it as is. And then you, you have to deal with these hits that come in. Uh, you know, it's not going to be all the time, but we've seen three of them in the yep. past week. Two of them, which include the avalanche. So uh, you, you or you tell a guy that and you can't. And this is what I was talking about last week. You can't tell someone only go 50 percent, only hit him 50 percent. Yeah, because your 50 percent is different than my 50 percent. And how do you how do you, uh, you know, control that? So that's impossible. Um, or you eliminate it altogether. And then you are going to see scoring go through the roof because guys like Nathan McKinnon and Connor McDavid and all the scorers in the world know that they can't be touched mm-hmm. and they will fly in and out of the zone. And, and, you know, maybe from a, a viewership standpoint, for people who like to see goals scored, maybe that's a, a plus, but people who like hard hitting, uh, not illegal, hard hitting, like good playing hockey, the old schoolers, I guess, like they're going to tune out because that, you know, you've eliminated a big part of the game. So I don't know how you police it. Uh, and there's no right answer because you're going to be alienating one camp no matter what you do. And if you honestly, um, because if you go back and look at like 90s and early 2000s hockey, this was happening all the time and the injuries were much more significant. I feel like we kind of got spoiled to this new hockey and a, a lot of that physical play from the 90s, 2000s up until like 2010, maybe even 2013. Like that was the physical play you expected two, three times a night for your team, like hits like that. Yeah. It's been it's been toned down a lot. And it's um to the point now where it's the injuries aren't significant yet. Like mm-hmm. it's knocked out for a game, but it's not a long injury history yeah. from these hits. So I don't know <laughs> if it's just time and place like we're not used to this like these reactions out of the physical play because so much of this has been cleaned up and the speed has overtaken like the goonery that we're used to Hmm. i just we'll have to see if this is a new growing trend this is something the nhl is eventually going to have to address but like it's it's manageable if that's even a way to describe it right now because nobody's significantly getting hurt and it's more sporadic, but it feels like it's a common thing because this is twice for the Avalanche. So, yeah. like, if you ask a Vegas fan, like, I don't think they've had anything like this. Like, so it's not relevant to them. Like, it's you got to look at it on a broader spec uh, spectrum, right? But it, it the NHL that's how they're looking at it. That's why I'm posing it this way because the NHL is like, well, this is an Avalanche problem. Like, you guys just pick your head up and clean it up a little bit. Like for the league to get involved, things are going to have to get a little bit worse and a little bit more widespread. Right. And, and, you know, being an avalanche fan, it's because it's happened twice over the course of a week. It's going to get blown up more in avalanche circles. Um, does it, does it take away from the fact that we should be talking about it? I mean, yeah, no. right. You still need to talk about it because a dude was stretchered off. Yeah. That's not good. That is a no. bad look, no matter what the sport is. So is it just like you're saying it, because it's not so, you know, thousands of games are played. How many are, are going to have that happen? 
are small, but you mm-hmm. still want to address those that yeah. are small because you don't want that to happen at all. Because, you know, I, I look at things differently now, having like two kids. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know if Jacob McDonald has kids. Uh, maybe he I, I don't know if he does. But that's that's where I, I look at things yeah. now. Like that dude's got a family. And, and, you know, they are on pins and needles right now wondering like what his, his health is in the moment and long-term. Yeah. So I think of things, I think of things more just what's going on on the ice. So you do, you like, it's a scary thing. And yeah, because does the league need to police it? I I don't know. Like, I don't know how you're going to do that. Um, But it needs to get, it needs to get talked about. And I don't know if it's just a respect thing. Like, I mean, th- th- these are the guys that, you know, you're, you're, you're employed with basically across the league. And should there be more respect on the, the end from the, the guy laying the hit, even though he doesn't wear the same colors as you, but this is a human being that I am about to level. Yeah. Let's like, let's put things in perspective here. There's, there's ways you can go about it to remove him from the play than to, than for the end result to be him stretchered out. And I will yep. always believe, I believe that there's, there's many ways, there's different ways that that hit could have happened. Yes. Cause it wasn't like, I mean, that was on the defensive end. Yeah. So it wasn't like he was, you know, in, in front of the net and you're, and you're leveling him because you wanted to prevent a goal. This is, you're just, you know, trying to prevent a pass in, in deep in their own zone. And Kinda see, like. and see the weird thing is like, we get to see Nathan McKinnon come back from a crazy hit. That's like, it's startling to see. McDonald just getting knocked out. You don't know what's going on with that. But and then Ryan Murray be out months just taking one shift on the ice with a back right. issue or a hip issue. <laughs> and then you like you see like Pavel Francois just make one move, and that's what sidelines them for months. Yeah. But right. these hits, they're they're just they're bad to look at, but not in the long term. Yeah. So, so it's it, it's the so it's the weirdness of the game of hockey that I just you, you, and yeah. we've come a long way from uh, players in the 70s and 80s putting foil on their fingers and plaster Paris their gloves and filing their sticks and getting well, into fights. Look so. at look at what happened. Like uh, Jack Johnson leaves because he got a puck to the face where he's got stitches. He looks like the Joker. Yeah. With with the the you know the stitches coming out of it, the corner of his mouth. And then later in the game, when there's a scrum, I don't know who it was. Face washes Jack Johnson right on his stitches. Yep. Like that's bad. <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm watching that and I'm like, Oh, don't do that. Oh my God. It, but that like for like, again, the old schoolers, they love that stuff. Like that is like, that's taking yep. it to the next level. Uh, yeah. That that was to me that both of those things were equally tough to watch. You don't want to see someone yep. get leveled and just knowing what stitches feel like and having them get rubbed by a hockey mitt. It, that gave me uh, it, it made me queasy inside. Or you could have Brad Marchand just come up and lick you. Or that. Yeah, which is probably the worst of all of them. <laughs> uh, all right. But uh, good good start to the week for the Avs. And it's uh, it's going to be a, a good – so they got the Rangers this week, right? Yes. Let me see. The Predators. the Predators. The Predators on Thursday, I think. The Predators on Thursday and then the Lightning on Saturday. Mm. So pretty – and. Um, the only away game is the Predators one. So obviously, you know, because the Ranger game was in New York. So that's at home on the road in Nashville and then home for the Lightning. So 
uh, should be a pretty pretty good week for the Avs in uh, terms of statement games. Like you got them across the board this week. Naturally, I move north and the Avalanche go south. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that is going to be it. Uh, great game. Awesome, awesome game. Incredible. And a lot of, you know, I even said I, I would take seven games of that in, in the Stanley Cup final. Easily. Oh, yeah. So. Oh, yeah. All right. Uh, that'll be it for today, and we will be back tomorrow. Right, will, will you be in your final landing spot by then, or not I sure yet? I think I got one more night here and permanent landing spots throughout the week. All right. Awesome. So that will be it, everybody. Thank you for tuning in and making this your first listen of the day. Check out Locked on NHL. Make that your second listen of the day. Get caught up on all the news and action around the league. He is Shaggy Von Doom, Kyle Sullivan. You know me, Chris Maselli. This is the Locked On Avalanche podcast, and we will see you guys tomorrow. Go, Abs, go!